Okay, so this is Thursday's portion of Matos Masse. And in this portion, the entire portion, we are basically doing two things. We're warning the Jews in terms of destroying the Avedizara and driving out, killing, destroying all the Goyim that are in Eretz Yisrael, and we are giving the borders of Eretz Yisrael. So in the first group of Sukkim, we start, here we are, about to enter Eretz Yisrael, it's the very end of Maseh, about to enter Eretz Yisrael, and Hashem says to Moshe, tell the Jews that when they go, when they cross the Yardin and go to Canaan, they have to drive out all the inhabitants and destroy all the idolatry. So Rashi questions, why are we, why are we now saying when you cross the Yardin and drive out the Goyim, the Chumash told us this several times, why is it telling it to us again? But the point here is, the public says, when you cross the yarding, you must do this. Meaning, Moshe is saying, this is a condition. If you don't go into that yarding river on condition, because also by the yarding, the water split miraculously and the Jews walk through. If you're not going into the yarding on the condition that you're planning on driving at all the goyim, the waters are going to come and flood you. So your resolve to settle in Eretz Yisrael as you're commanded this is removing the barrier of the Yardin, preventing you from entering Eretz Yisrael. So, Vahorashtam, Rashi translates, you should kick out, as versus the other possible meaning would be inherit, but inherit wouldn't be Vahorashtam, it would be Vihirashtam, really Vihirishtam. And then we have all these different Vajazars you have to destroy, so Rashi explains, Maskiyoisam, According to Unculus, means the houses of worship. Why? Because that Shirish means maskis is an overlay or a cover. Because what the Goyim would do is they would put on the ground this like marble floor on which they prostrated themselves. And therefore, that's the term for their houses of worship. And then the the Masechosam, Rashi also follows Targum there, Unculus, to mean they're molten idols, meaning from metal. So in Pazak Dombez, we were told to destroy all the Vajdazara. In Nungimel, we have to drive out all the Goyim. Shem says, I gave you the sign, you have to drive out all the Goyim. Rashi explains, you have to make it vacant of the inhabitants. And if you do that, you can live there. If you don't do that, you're not going to make it there. Then Pasuk Dundalid, we say, you're all, you were given the land as inheritance. Every family is getting it by a lottery. The large family gets a larger piece of land. The small family a smaller piece of land. It's all by the Gairo, according to the Shvatim. So first on the Rashi, Elisha Yetze Lo Shama, whoever like the lottery system gives this to him. So Rashi says this is a Mikrakatzer meaning this is an abridged statement in the Chumash because it's understood what it means. What's not said, which is understood, is the plot. That whichever plot of land the lottery indicates, that's what you get. Okay, Lamata Avoisam, according to the tribes of your fathers. Obviously, this was all the paternal line. Your Judaism is your mother. Your Shavet allegiance, the tribal allegiance is your father. So what does this mean according to the tribe of your father? So, Rashi says, according to the husband of those that came out of Mitzrayim, meaning, 
There's really two opinions in the Gemara. What what happened? According to one opinion in the Gemara, based on who came out of Israim, those were the portions of the Nachala. And then their descendants that entered Eretz Yisrael, because the men that left Mitzrayim between 20 and 60 didn't live to make it to Eretz Yisrael, most of them besides Shevet Levi. But those were the ones that determined it. So if a man left Mitzrayim, he was allotted one portion. He's gone. He has four sons. They split his portion among the four of them. That's one opinion of the Gemara. The other opinion of the Gemara is at first... It was given to those, this is a little more complicated, and Rashi has told us this before, the Nachala is based on like three points. First, it's based on who's going into Eretz Yisrael. So let's say, for example, let's do it by family. There's a family with three brothers that are over 20, and they're entering Eretz Yisrael. Each one of them should get one Nachala, one portion. Then these three portions revert back to who left Egypt, and then it goes back to their descendants, to the children of those people. Meaning, how would I explain this in a simple way? So we have three brothers. No, let's 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 go according to cousins. We'll make it simpler, because that's really what it is. You have six cousins, six male cousins, all coming from the same, you know, from the paternal line. So there's six portions here. Let's go back to the grandfather who left Mitzrayim. So he gets these six portions. He has two sons. So the six gets split, three and three. So from the six cousins, four of them actually came from one father and two came from another father. So the four split their three from their father and the two split their three from their father. So it depends on how it works. You gained or you lost in this method. But that's the second opinion in the Gemara. The first one is based on those who left Mitzrayim, to their descendants who enter the land. And the second is, based on those who entered, reverting back to those who left Mitzrayim, and then going back to their descendants. Um, next Pasuk, Pasuk Nunhei, but if you don't drive out the Gaim, they're going to destroy you. They'll persecute you, they'll destroy you. Or if he says, those who you will leave over will be evil to you. They'll be like spikes in your eyes, like spikes, Hashem, gouge out the eyes. And like thorns, they'll be like a barrier of thorns enclosing you, locking you, confining you. And Ritzaru Eschem, Rashi follows the translation of Unclus, they will persecute you. And what I intended to do to them, I will do to you. I Meaning they're supposed to be destroyed. But if you leave them, they're going to be your force of destruction. So that's all the first storyline in today's Chitas. The second one, now we're starting Periklamid Dalid, from here till the end of today's Chitas, we go into, which is Pasuk Tesav, we go into the boundaries of Eretz Yisrael, the boundaries in Eretz Yisrael proper, meaning we are not here discussing the boundaries of Eretz Yardin, where Uven got and Chatzim and got. We are describing the boundaries of Eretz Yisrael proper west of the Yardin. So Rashi explains on the first Pasuk here, Pasuk Beis, that why are we spending so much detailed information on the boundaries? Because there's a lot of mitzvahs that only apply in Eretz Yisrael. So that's why we need to know the boundaries very well to know the mitzvahs. So the Pasuk says, this is the land, which will fall to you in Nachala, which is sort of an unusual term. So Rashi gives two explanations. The Pshat is fall because, like, you got it by the Gairo. 
So just like a gyro, the lottery system sort of falls. You're not making conscious decisions, just the falling of the lots. So this portion fell to you. Or the Midrash says that Hashem caused the angels of the seven nations that live in Israel to fall from Shemayim before Misha, showing, look, they don't have any power over you. Okay. And now we're going to describe the boundaries. From Pasuk Gimel through Tesav. It's very complicated. And to make things more complicated, there's you could basically take all the Mepharshi Rashi, or most of them, and split them into two different groups. Because there's two different opinions, two broad different opinions in the Mepharshi Rashi, how to understand these Rashis. So I'm, I definitely cannot give you both opinions. It's very, very complicated, and I'll, I'll just try to give you one general opinion of that. But before, but we're not up to that yet. So first in Pasuk Gimel, we start by explaining the southern flank of Eretz Yisrael from Midbar Sin along the land of Edom, the southern boundary, from the edge of the Amhamela, the Salt Sea, what people call, say, the Dead Sea, to the east. So first Rashi explains, what we mean here, we don't just mean the, the southeast corner, but we're talking here describing the whole southern side of Eretz Yisrael. And then there's a very long Rashi, which, in which basically Rashi is explaining what we mean here. And Rashi says there's three countries that are, I'm, I'm synopsizing, it's a very long Rashi, but I'll give you the basic point. There's three countries that are here on this southern boundary of Eretz Yisrael. Egypt, Edom, and Moyev. Now Egypt does not, of course, mean the whole Egypt. It means like the eastern end of Egypt. And basically, the bulk of the southern boundary of Eretz Yisrael was Edom. And then the western part of Moyev is the southeastern corner of Eretz Yisrael. So it's a little bit of Egypt, the eastern end of Egypt. Most of it's Edom. The entirety of Edom is across the south. And then the very edge of Moyev, like the western edge of Moyev, is like the southeastern corner. Because Moyev, in most of its entirety, is directly under the land of Sichon, which is to the east of Eretz Yisrael. But it extended west, so a bit of its western lands are south of Eretz Yisrael. And Rashi spends a while proving this point. And Rashi explains that this is why when the Jews left Mitzrayim, it says clearly that Hashem could have taken them a faster route, like across that Egypt, like across the Nile to enter Eretz Yisrael directly, but Hashem didn't want to do that. He wanted them to wander about in the Midbar. And then we know, so they wandered from west to east until they came to the southern part of Edom. And that's when they asked the king of Edom permission to enter, like, let me cross through your land to go to Eretz Yisrael. And he refused. So they went around the entire southern side of Edom. And then they came to Moyev. Again, Moyev here is the western end of Moyev is the southeastern corner of Eretz Yisrael. And they said to Moyev, can, can we do the same, which Edom didn't let. Can we cross your land to go, we, we're not interested in fighting you. They had no interest. We, Hashem didn't let us fight Moyev. We just want to cross your land to go into Eretz Yisrael. But Moyev also refused, so we had to go all the way around Moyev. Now, by the time we finished going all the way around Moyev, we're right by the land of Sichon and Aig. And Sichon and Aig also were blocking us on all the way to Eretz Yisrael. Now, Moyev wouldn't let us go in through their land, but we weren't allowed to fight Moyev. But Sichon and Oh weren't, weren't letting us go in. We got 
permission were told by Hashem to fight them. And that's when we got all of the territory of Sichon and Aig, which is basically directly north of Mayav, and of course to the east of the Yardin. So that is that very, very long Rashi, with a lot of proofs to what I just said, but that is the entire gist of it. Pasuk Dalid. Now Pasuk Dalid, we start going into like, we're mentioning lots of places here, from Dalit through Tesla, from 4 to 15. We're going to go through all these different little places and delineate the boundaries of Eretz Yisrael. And at this point is what I meant, what I said before. Starting in Pasuk Dalid, we have this machlekes among the Mefarshe Rashi. What does it mean? Like, like, because a lot of what Rashi says is very ambiguous. It's very hard to understand. And basically, the point is that the southern border of Eretz Yisrael is not a straight line. It's a waving line. So according to some of the Mefarshe Rashi, it's a higher line, which means you have less land. And according to others, it's a lower line, which you have more land. But I mean, I, I'm, that's not even so clear and it's not even so accurate. Basically, it's a wavy line, and some Mepharshim view the wavy line one way, and other Mepharshim view the wavy line another way, because it's not so clear what Rashi means. But Rashi says in Pasuk Dalit, the Pasuk says the border turns south of Ma'alei Akrabim, passing towards Sin, Sina, which is towards Sin, and the outskirts are south of Kadesh Barnea, and then it extends to Chatzar Adar, and continues toward toward Atzmon. So Rashi says whenever we're talking about the boundary turning, it means that it wasn't even, it's swerving, which is again as we have this wavy line. Now, but Rashi clearly says Ma'ale Akrabim is within the boundary. But Machlaik is here, there are two Ma'ale Akrabim. So which one is Rashi talking about within the boundary? Then it says the other Sina passing towards Sina. So Rashi says, as Rashi comments many times, that Sina means to Tsin, just like Mitzrayim means to Mitzrayim. So how you Sov, its outskirts, it ends south of Kadesh Barnea. Again, also here. That sounds very simple. It's south of Kadesh Barnea. But we have two Kadesh Barneas. So which Kadesh Barnea is directly south of that boundary? Again, Mahlekes. And then it extends to Chatzar Adar. So it goes, again, angling. It's not going straight to Chatzar Adar and then to Atzmon and then to the river of Mitzrayim. Then again, we have this Machloikis. I'm sorry, now that I'm looking at this more closely here, Now I'm looking more closely. It's not that every one of these things we have two of them. It's more the Mefarshim have a different machlekes on where are these things. So sorry. So depending on depending on which Mefarsh you're following, you have a different opinion where Atzmon is, where Chatzaradar is, where Kadesh Barnea is, where Tzin is, and where Malay Akrabim is. According to Rashi, nobody's arguing those are the boundaries of Eretz Yisrael. The question is where are those things? Some place them a little more north, some place them a little more south. Um, 
And then, no question, what's very clear, because this you can't argue on, the boundary goes until the Nile, until the river of Mitzrayim. So the Nile, the river of Mitzrayim, is the western edge of the southern boundary, meaning the most southwest point is the northern end of the Nile River. That's all Pasuk Dalit. Pasuk Hay. Okay, well that actually continues to Hay where it says, and then the edges of this reach the sea. So Rashi explains this is the western boundary. The western boundary is the sea, meaning we don't just mean west, like then it just goes to the west. Hayamaha is a definitive article. The yam, which means we're going until the Mediterranean. So the Mediterranean creates the western boundary for Eretz Yisrael. And Pasuk Vav, that's basically what Pasuk Vav tells us. So the entire western boundary is the Yamsuf. As Rashi says, the Gvul Yam, what is the western boundary? Hayam Hagadol, the Yamsuf. No, sorry, not the Yam, the Yam Hagadol. I said the Yamsuf, that was a mistake. I meant the Yam Hagadol, the Mediterranean Sea, the Great Sea. That is the western boundary of Eretz Yisrael. Now, in the Pasuk, it says, Vayelachem Hayam Hagadol Ugvul. It should be for you the Great Sea, meaning the Mediterranean Sea, Ugvul, and its border. What its border means is, Part of the water of the Mediterranean, and we're not claiming the entire Mediterranean, which of course extends to Spain and, and, and Italy and Greece, but the strip of the Mediterranean that's following the curves of the land of Eretz Yisrael, that is still considered part of Eretz Yisrael territory. Why is that significant? Because there's some islands there. So all of the islands in that coastline area are considered part of Eretz Yisrael, which would mean, as we're saying, that they would have the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. Pasuk Zion. In Pasuk Zion, we're discussing now the northern border. The northern border goes, of course, what well, we know, the northwesternmost point is going to be the Mediterranean Sea, and then go in the direction of Har Hahar. So Gvul Tzafon, the Tzafon Gvul means the northern border. From the Yamagadol, from the Mediterranean Sea toward Har 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 is in the northwest. So basically turning from the sea and sort of going directly. Now this Har Har, do not get confused, because we know the term Har Har from where Aharon was nostalgic and buried. So there were two Har Hars. The Har Har of Aharon's demise is to the east of the Yardane. This was a different mountain Har Har, not the same at all. So the Chumash uses an unusual word, tisau, which means turn, turn from west to north. Now you're going a bit northerly to get to har har And then in Pasuk from har har you're turning to Levo Hamas, going all the way to Tzidada, which is Tzidad. So we're following the northern border, Rashi's explaining, to the east. Then you're going to get to Levo Hamas, which is a, more commonly known as Ant- Antochia. And then the end of the border is going to be by Tzedad. That is like the most extreme end of it. 
And then you go towards, sorry, Pasuk Tess continues, then go towards Zifron, and then Chatzar Einan. That is the complete end. Rashi says there, Chatzar Einan, this is the end of the northern border, which means Chatzar Einan is in the northeastern corner of Eretz Yisrael. So from here, again, if, we're, if you're following, I know this is a little difficult to follow, what we did was we first traversed, I mean verbally, Maisha's giving over, we went across the southern boundary, like from southeast to southwest. Then we went up the western boundary, which is very simple because that's the Mediterranean Sea. And then we were in the northwestern corner. We went across from west to east across the northern boundary. So now we're in the northeastern corner of Edgestral, and now we have to go down south, which means we have to go down the eastern boundary, and that's what we're going to do now. So now we're told to turn towards the eastern boundary from Chatzar Einan, which we know is that most northeastern corner, to Shifam. So again, his Avisem is the same Sherish as before, the idea of turning to go down. As Rashi says, you're on the eastern side, you're going to go to Shifam, then you're going to go to Rivla. As Pasuk says, Shifam, then Rivla, to the east of Ayin. Keep going, you're going to go to the Yam Kinneret. I am, now you can get confused, because it says by I am, Mikedem La'ayin. So Mikedem La'ayin seems to imply, like, what does this mean here, Mikedem La'ayin? Ayin is literally a spring. We're talking here about a, a, stri- a spring Ayin. So Rashi is saying, no, that Ayin here actually means a proper name. That's following the approach of Targon Unculus, where it's a proper name. And basically, very logically, here we're talking about all the boundaries of a whole country, very strong, to say, yeah, you know, and then the boundary goes east of a spring would, would be a little, a little too vague. So Ayin is within the boundaries of Eretz Yisrael. And then the border proceeds, the border descends. Again, we're going straight down on the eastern flank, north to south, until the Yam Kinneret. So Rashi explains, based on the language of the Pasuk, the Yam Kinneret is within the boundary of Eretz Yisrael, meaning the boundary is east of Yam Kinneret. And then, of course, from there it goes straight down to the Yardin, until the Yardin empties into the Yam Hamelah, what we would call the Dead Sea. So all of this land, of all of this water, of the Yam Kinneret, and of the Yardin, and of the Yam Hamelah, these are the boundaries of Eretz Yisrael, but these are all within the boundaries of Eretz Yisrael, meaning these are all part of Eretz Yisrael. And as we're saying in Pasuk Yubayz, and then in Yugimel, we conclude, Moshe says to the Yidin, this is our hereditary land that we're going to divide by a Goyro to the nine and a half tribes, because Reuven, God, and half Menashe are on the eastern side toward sunrise. Kedma Mizracha, to the east toward sunrise. So Rashi explains, what do we mean by that? That's the last Rashi here. What do we mean by Kedvah Mizracha? Kedem means east. But here, it doesn't make sense to say Kedvah Mizracha, because if you would translate Kedem as east, it would be to the east to the east. So that's a bit redundant. So Rashi says here, we're not using it in that sense, but in the idea of being front, like to the front eastward. Why would I consider the front east? 
because east is considered the front, or so to speak, the face of the world. And that is the last Rashi in today's section.